Welcome to episode 41 of the Hoop Threads podcast here with our NBA roundtable, uh, Sans uh, Marcellus Bowie. Uh, we, we booted him off the show this year because he was tough. He predicted the Blazers to the finals last year, and that didn't exactly pan out for him. Uh, but uh, glad to be with you guys. Uh, introduce yourselves real quick. Yeah, uh, Jordan Leindecker here. Um, you can find me on Twitter at below underscore LC. That's uh, B-I-L-O underscore LC. Um, not too active on there now, just uh, laughing at Tony LaRusse's antics in the baseball world. Salani. Yeah, Tyler Salani. You can find me on Twitter at T Salani. Also not too active on there, but I'll definitely retweet it if I see something cool, if it makes me laugh. There you go. All right, so let's run through the uh, the first round of the playoffs. Um, we're going to start in the – let's start in the Eastern Conference. So let's start with you, Jordan. Yeah, I got chalk going through the East. Um, not sure who the Sixers are going to match up with yet. Obviously, they'll get the winner of that game tomorrow night with the uh, Wizards and Pacers. Um, I like them in five either way. I think the Wizards would take one. They might could sweep the Pacers. Uh, Sixers in five. I like the Nets in six. Brad Stevens will somehow take a game. Um, you know, they shouldn't get in the nets, you know, with all their talent, we'll just coast through one that they shouldn't. Um, but I, you know, I could see it being shorter than that as well. Um, Bucks heat's going to be a heck of a series. Um, I think Giannis will be motivated. Give me the bucks and seven to get their revenge. The heat a little tired out from last year after making a long run through the bubble. Uh, I like the Hawks and six to get by the Knicks and end the Tom Thibodeau dream season experience in New York. <laughs> well, you said Hawks and six Hawks and six. Yep. Interesting. Okay, so Lenny? So, I mean, I'm also, like, fairly chalky for the first round here in the East. I got Philadelphia over Washington in five. I think maybe Beal or Russell, like, maybe help them steal a game. But, like, I don't think that Philly's ever going to sweat. Give me the Knicks in six. I think their defense is going to be a little bit much for Trey Young. Uh, the, big, the biggest question mark, I think, is this Milwaukee-Miami series, which we'll elaborate more on later. But give me Milwaukee in six. And then Brooklyn, Boston, uh, give me Brooklyn in five. I really had to talk myself into giving, into even giving Boston one game because I really think that this one will be a sweep. But maybe Tatum goes crazy like he did uh, the other night so that maybe Boston can steal one. I'm not a big Boston guy. All right, so for me uh, – Bill Simmons. <laughs> not a big fan of Bill Simmons either at this point. Uh, I'm going to take Philly um, in five, pretty much the same ra rationale as, as Selene. I mean, I think if uh, if Indy gets there, you know, they could uh, – well, it's not Indy. That's going to be uh, Washington. I mean, I think, like, they, they can go off for – their big guys can go off a little bit, but it's not – it's Philly's too deep. Philly's too good defensively. And, you know, Joel Embiid is a top three MVP candidate, I think pretty much unanimously by anyone that watches basketball. So I'll um, take Philly there. Um, Knicks Atlanta. I think that's going to be an interesting series. Um, I just think that the, the Knicks, they have more guys to throw out Trey young. They got some guys with some good playoff experience. You know, they got Taj Gibson in the locker room. They got, um, you know, they got some depth. Uh, they're bigs. I think New Orleans Noel um, is going to be a good deterrent at the rim uh, for, for Trey when he gets into the paint. You, know, you got some journeymen and Alfred Payton and Derek Rose. And then, you know, some good young bigs uh, with Randall, Mitchell Robinson, all them guys. So um, I think the Knicks are going to take that in six. Milwaukee, Miami's hard to get a read on. Um, I think if Milwaukee, if they do what they're supposed to do defensively, they can get it over pretty quick in like five or six. But 
Um, I think I'm going to end up going six on that Milwaukee and six and then Brooklyn. I mean, I'm going to take Brooklyn and four. Um, I think they got all their, their, their top guns back. And so I think they're just going to kind of mow down the competition regardless of who it is. So I wouldn't be too worried if I was them and Steve Nash. So I think Steve Nash is going to get out to a hot start as an NBA coach. So let's move to the West. Um, Jordan, let's talk about the first round. Yeah, so at this point, um, the Western Conference play-in games are still occurring, so we don't necessarily have the 1-8 and 2-7 matchups locked in. But um, for my money, I've got the Lakers getting the seven seed, beating the Warriors tonight, and I have the Warriors uh, playing the Grizzlies on Friday. And um, as much as I would like to not see them in the playoffs, I do have them um, getting in and getting by Memphis again. Um, They did take two of three against Utah this season, although one was late in the season and marred by very questionable officiating down the stretch. Um, they'll present some unique challenges, but I think the Jazz just have too much. Um, assuming they get a healthy Conley and, and Donovan Mitchell back, um, you know, he's been out since that ankle injury for over the last month. So um, it's not even official if he'll play in game one of the series. Um, they're thinking he'll go, but we'll just kind of see how it goes. Um, I do like the Jazz to get by in five, though. The Warriors are a um, pretty bad road team. I think they were 14 and 22 or a really bad road record this season and couple that with the jazz um, only five losses at home this season. It's just tough for me to see, um, you know, them getting too many games um, and extending the series. Um, I like the uh, Lakers in six over the suns. Um, I guess it's an upset by seeds, but by the Vegas um, money lines and everything uh, Lakers will be favored there. Um, I just think LeBron and AD it's the playoffs and Chris Paul runs into a, you know, another very unfortunate draw and Phoenix is, just been on a pretty bad trajectory, honestly, in terms of their defensive rating um, and just how they played overall um, over the last um, month, month and a half or so. Um, I do like the Blazers to get by in seven um, over the Nuggets. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good series, but um, it's really tough to bet against Damian Lillard ever since uh, that guy told him he needed to win 42 games this year. Otherwise, he's going to lose his house. So uh, Dame's been out of tear since then. And um, I've got the Clippers getting by the Mavericks in six. So that's what I got for the West in the first round. That'd be the most random motivator for, for a run for an elite NBA player, but you know, we'll take what we can get. Uh, Selene, what you got for this? Yeah. Like, I mean, similarly, I got the Lakers prevailing to be the seven seed and then uh, the Warriors locking in that eight seed. Uh, but I think that they're going to get bounced by Utah in the first round. I think that they're going to give Utah a little bit of trouble just because Utah has all their guys coming back right now. Um, so I think it, it might take them a couple of games to kind of get the rust off, but I think that they'll eventually win it in six. Uh, next, I got the Clippers over the Mavs in seven, which we'll, we're going to talk a lot about this matchup later on. So there's, I would put an asterisk next to that one, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll elaborate le- later on that one and exactly why that is. Uh, next up, I got Denver over Portland in six. I think that Portland, I mean, Nurkic is like their only answer for, for Jokic. And I kind of like Jokic taking advantage of that one. And especially if they can get Nurkic into foul trouble, which he's a little prone to do. uh, I I think that it's just going to cause too many problems for Portland who already struggles on defense as it is. Plus they're abysmal record against winning teams. Uh, I I think, I mean, they have to, they have to win four games against a winning team out of seven games. And I I just don't think that they're going to be able to pull it off. I'll do respect to Dame. Don't at me. Uh, Next up. Obviously, like I think everybody is going to be pretty much on the Lakers over Phoenix. And as much as Chris Paul is the point God, but like Jordan said, man, it's a tough draw. Uh, Lakers in five. 
that one. All right, so to me for that one, um, I'm going to go with, uh, I mean, I, I think the – is Memphis still up in that game? Memphis is up two with – in the fourth quarter, six minutes. All right, so, I mean, I think regardless of how it plays out, um, you know, I'm taking Utah. I'm going to take Utah in five. Um, I think there's the chance that they can steal a game, but I I don't know. I think Utah is going to slide by anyone defensively especially. Um, Clippers and Dallas is an interesting series to me. Um, I'm going to say Dallas in seven. I'm going to get the first hot take for this pod. Um, I think, you know, for Luca to take the next step as a superstar, he's got to start getting shit done in the playoffs and it's kind of put up or shut up time. You know, this is kind of the second year in a row that we're saying this for the Clippers, but um, I think Dallas, Josh Richardson really has to step up for that to happen. Uh, DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith as well. Um, and some of their answer, ancillary players really have to perform uh, in that series for, for that to happen. Um, I just don't believe in the Clippers. I've never believed in the Clippers, so I'm just going to keep keep that rolling um i do think we were talking about it earlier off air but clippers do have a good amount of defenders to to throw at luca but he's been able to produce regardless um in, in playoff series i think the an interesting stat to keep an eye on is just the the, the turnovers per game you know during the season he averaged uh 4.3 correct yep. yeah also at the highest usage rate just saying <laughs> luca luca staying to the death um i think if if, if my son if he keeps it at or below that number, I think they'll have a great shot. I think uh, the the Clippers are are pretty great at turning that that defense into offense pretty quickly if they're not able to do that. So I think he has to really kind of be buttoned up on that end of the floor. Uh, Denver Portland's an interesting series. Um, I don't really know who's going to guard uh, Dame for Denver. I don't really. It's it's really hard to guard Dame in general, and he's just on a hot streak, like we said, coming into the playoffs. Um, I think Denver is going to close it out fairly easily. If Jamal Murray was here, I, I would consider, you know, five games. I'm going to show some respect to Dame and say six. Um, Michael Porter Jr., this is kind of his time to shine. So, uh, you know, he's got a, a big role and he's been producing. So I got to stop hating at some point. And then Phoenix, um, I mean, I think they're going to roll whoever they play regardless as well. Um, I don't feel as confident in them going forward. So I'm going to say uh, in six, um, but that, that could easily go either way. So, um, all right, let's move on to the next round. Uh, you want to go, Jordan? Yeah, we're going through the uh, Eastern semis. Yeah, back to the East. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I've got the uh, – I've got seeds carrying through. I've got both the Sixers and uh, Nets, the top two seeds, getting by in six games apiece. Uh, Sixers over the Hawks in six games. Um, much like uh, I think Aaron alluded to earlier, I just think they've got too much defense. They've got a little bit too much star power. Um, I do think the Haw- it's worth noting the Hawks. Um, I think their ceiling was raised tremendously getting DeAndre Hunter back. Um, he made a pretty big difference um, throughout uh, the early parts of the season um, when he was injured and when he was playing. Uh, just really helped them out defensively. Um, and the Hawks did close the season. I believe it was 27-11. and 11. Um, under Nate McMillan as a head coach. So that's, uh, I mean, that's a 38-game sample size and nothing to scoff at. But I do think the Sixers are on a mission this year, um, and uh, I, I think they can get it done with the guys they've got there. Um, I've got the Nets over the Bucks in six. Um, I just think uh, Brooklyn's just going to have too much uh, firepower um, for Milwaukee. Uh, 
feel a little bad for Giannis trying to, you know, make it on his, make it on his own, win a title in a, uh, in a small market. Um, he's had a chance to go other places, but then uh, you just get uh, Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant deciding to team up and, you know, get every other guy they want on the buyout market to come join them in Brooklyn. Um, I, I kind of think this Brooklyn team could end up becoming a death machine this playoffs um, and just could be an, an inevitable march to a title. Um, but We'll see how it plays out. I got both teams getting by in six to set up the Eastern Conference Finals. So, so give me Philly. I mean, I had New York uh, advancing uh, mainly just because I kind of want to see it, but that's going to be a tight one with them in Atlanta. But whoever wins between the Knicks and Hawks, the buck stops here. As uh, I got Philly and five, mainly just because they are definitely going to lose one on the road because that's just what Philly does. Um, and then in the other series, I, I got, uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, uh, give me Milwaukee and seven. Cause man, you got to believe in something and I'm going to believe that Kyrie does not have quite enough sage to keep the bad spirits away. And maybe someone on Brooklyn gets a little bit banged up and we've seen that their record does kind of fall off once they lose, like even at least like one of their star guys. So it's not dramatic, but it's like maybe just enough that against a team like Milwaukee that who's really going to be, I mean, they, they have every incentive to lay it all out there. Like Budenholzer, he's coaching for his job. Like, like guys like Middleton, like Middleton is going to be playing to keep his spot because if not, like if they end up losing, they got to dump somebody and it's probably not going to be drew because they just traded the farm for him. It's not going to be honest. So Middleton's kind of the guy out. So he's going to have to ball out. I think the Milwaukee and seven, I think they're going to squeak by because Kyrie runs out of Sage. <laughs> Had to slip one of those Kyrie jabs in there. Uh, as a Cavs fan, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, so I'm taking uh, Philly over the Knicks in five. Um, I think, you know, the, the Knicks have been a great story. We all kind of thought that they were going to be a lottery team. Should have seen uh, this coming with, with Thibodeau and the way that he plays his guys. You know, he's got a, a deep, you know, kind of hungry roster with, you know, uh, most improved player candidate in uh, in our man uh, down low there. So um, Julius Randle. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take the Nets over Bucks in seven. Um, I think that the Bucks improved. You know, they're scoring by replacing Bledsoe, um, but I, I just don't know if they have enough. You know, down down the stretch, um, some they lost some of the shooting this off season and. I don't know. I'm just not a big believer in Bud. Um, I think uh, that and the Nets. I mean, they just have they have three closers. <laughs> you know, trying to only one uh, of them can touch the ball though. Trying trying to guard an offense with with Kyrie, James Harden, and Durant. I mean, you have three like you know number one uh, options, number one bucket getters in, in the clutch uh, that you have to defend all at the same time. Um, and I mean, they only have two phenomenal defenders in my opinion. So. Um, that's, that's what I got for that. Um, Jordan, let's go to, uh, the West. Yeah. So I've got my two semifinal matchups. I've got the jazz playing the Clippers and I have the Lakers and the Blazers at this point. Um, I've got the jazz getting by the Clippers in seven. Um, I think, um, as a jazz fan, it was really important for me to see them, uh, go all out to get that one seed. Um, and I really think they played played well down the stretch and were able to reinvent themselves, um, you know, missing Conley and Mitchell for a good chunk of that last month. Um, granted it wasn't a murderer's row of competition, but, um, 
getting that one seed ensures that they will always have home court advantage as long as the playoffs go. So if the jazz can go unbeaten in the playoffs, they're your, at home, they're your NBA champions. Um, and I think they'll hold serve in this series um, against the Clippers. It'll be a, uh, just a, a war. Um, it's it's going to be tough to beat, beat a team like that. But I mean, the Clippers have shown in the past, um, you know, that they have <laughs> um, some deficiencies, um, just I'm not sure how mentally tough they are you would think they would you know maybe have grown from that this past year um but uh yeah I I think the Jazz have just just done enough and and shown enough that having home court will be enough to uh to get by and they do tend to uh, the Jazz tend to historically have played well um against Kawhi and the Clippers over the last uh couple of years um Rudy seems to do a pretty good job of deterring them the Clippers offense seems to operate um, on guys making difficult shots, you know, long twos. They're not always getting to the rim or taking threes. So, you know, if the Clippers are going to make 50% of their long contested twos and that's the way the jazz lose, then that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, I got the Lakers getting by the Blazers pretty easily. in the other one um, I'm still torn on the Blazers nuggets series. Um, so um, I, I think whoever gets by there is probably just going to be um, sacrificial lamb for the Lakers. I think I had, I think I had it going five games. I think I had the Blazers getting one, but it kind of seems a little similar to last year to me in the, uh, in the Western conference finals Um, with Blazers will show a lot of heart, but they just, they don't have enough. And granted, this is, we're we're all just assuming that the Lakers are going to flip this switch. I mean, they do have LeBron um, arguably top two, three player ever Anthony Davis, top five, 10 player in the league. But even as everyone was saying, you know, they're going to, you turn it on in these last couple games when LeBron is back. I mean, they struggled to pull away from the Pelicans on the road in their last game of the season who had nothing to play for. This is, this isn't a Lakers team that has really given us tangible evidence over the last couple of months to really be inspired and to believe in them, but they're the defending champions and and we know the heart and the skill of the players they have. So um, I like the jazz in seven and the Lakers in five to set up the Western conference finals. Lonnie. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really tough with that, that Utah versus either Dallas or Clippers matchup. And I like, I, I think that like, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get into it later, but for my reasons of why I think the Clippers advance, but if it is them that they face, um, I don't, the biggest thing you have to do against Utah is you got to make it tough to play Rudy Gobert. And I don't really see the Clippers having anyone that like any guard, that's going to be so quick off the dribble that, you're that worried about him getting into the paint and then uh, blowing by Rudy on a switch and getting him off the floor. So I think him being able to be out there for a full series is going to be able to, it's going to be a big advantage for Utah. And I think that, you know, until Paul George proves us wrong and lives up to his Gatorade commercial and actually hits a game winning (laughs) shot when it matters, I'm going to be waiting to see it. And that's why I got the jazz in six. At the other end, I think it's going to be the Lakers over. Uh, I got Denver advancing. Uh, Lakers over. The, I mean, and I, it's in six, but I don't think that the Lakers are ever really going to be sweating. I think it'll be like one of those where like they're up three one, and then the Jet or um, and then uh, the Nuggets win one to make it three two, but then Lakers finish them off. I don't think that they're really going to be sweating. Uh, they really need Jamal Murray, and he ain't coming back. So, Lakers in six. Cool. So um, I have Utah over Dallas in six. Um, I think Utah's uh, answered some of the the offensive questions that we had uh, with them last year. And 
you know, a lot of it, a lot of that just comes from the jazz, like actually having all their guys back healthy, you know, bogey's been playing pretty well recently. Uh, Ingles started to, to do some stuff down the stretch. Um, I just got Utah there. Um, and I mean, I, that's going to be an interesting coaching matchup though. Um, I, I think those are two of the best coaches in the league. Um, got the Lakers over Denver in six. I mean, just the amount of big bodies that the Lakers can throw at Jokic. Um, and even if you get him, you know, switched on to LeBron, I mean, the Jokic is still going to do his thing, but that's, it's not going to be easy for him. Uh, so I got, I got the Lakers, um, in six there. Uh, you want to go in the next round, Jordan? Yeah. You want me to do both the conference finals? Sounds good. All right. Yeah, so in the East, Sixers and Nets, um, I kind of alluded to it in my little mini preview um, on on the last go around with the Nets. Um, I, I think they're going to be a death machine. I, I just when you look at the teams that win titles, they have superstars, um, and it's been a while since we've had a team that really has three superstars like that. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue maybe the Warriors during parts of their stretch, um, but I mean, I think you kind of go back to the Heatles when they kind of all got together about a decade ago. Um, and, and you've got Harden, Kyrie and Durant again, I, I think, uh, three top 10 players in the league, you know, at, the, at their peak. Um, and, and we've seen what they can do when they're playing together. Um, I mean, I hear all the critiques about, you know, well, what happens if one of them's off the court or what happens, you know, if they suffer an injury, they haven't had enough time together. Um, they've still proven to be pretty formidable, even in those circumstances, um, it's, I, I just don't know how you score enough to keep up with them because they're going to put up 120, 130 points every night. Um, I like the nets getting out of there. Let's see. I have the nets getting by the Sixers in six games. Um, I think they can close that one out on the, on the road in, in Philly and, uh, Philly too, also historically a, a really solid home team, not so good on the road. They were just over 500 this year on the road. Um, but wouldn't be surprised if that just comes out to bite them, you know, they fall behind or, um, you know, get a game. If Brooklyn can win and split the first two games there in um, that hypothetical series, uh, you know, that really puts all the pressure on Philly to, to, to win on the road. And I'm not sure they can do that. Um, I, I've got a, someone's got to step in and take Marcellus's mantle. I, I'm not quite going to take my team as an eight seed to make the uh, NBA finals this season, but maybe I'm going to pick them, you know, an extra round or two further than I should. Um, I can't let this storybook ending, um, you know, just end like this. I've got the jazz getting by to the NBA finals in seven, um, which uh, when you look at how LeBron has been eliminated in the playoffs, this would certainly be um, a pretty unconventional way to do it. Um, and I wish I had the stats offhand um, up until a couple of years ago, it was going on about a decade where LeBron James had not won in Salt Lake city. I think he's gotten a game or two since he moved to the Lakers there, but um, this man don't like Salt Lake city at all. Um, and I was there to personally witness one of the uh, jazz great comeback victories over him. So I like the jazz getting by in seven. We're going back to the NBA finals. There you go. So Lenny. So in my Eastern finals, I had uh, Milwaukee advancing uh, over Brooklyn. And uh, so they'll be facing Philly here for me. And once again, the, the whole Philly cannot win on the road thing, I think is what's going to end up biting them. So give me Milwaukee in seven. Uh, meanwhile, out west, call it a gut feeling, man, but like somebody, either Braun or AD, one of them is going to get a little banged up at some point, whether it's in the Denver series, whether it's during this series against Utah, one of them is going to get banged up. And I have the NBA's worst nightmare with Utah advancing to the finals to face Milwaukee. 
David Stern rolling over in his grave. Um, and he would like, <laughs> yo, he would. I was thinking about it earlier today. He would have freaking loved this play-in game, the Lakers versus the the Warriors. Oh my god! Oh, he he would have made it happen. <laughs> that that would, he also would have made the Pelicans get in there so that we could have Zion against Ja Morant. Like he he would have he would have somehow turned he would have somehow turned that playoff that uh play-in matchup to like a seven-game series. <laughs> just so while we're talking about the. Uh, while we're talking about the Pelicans, can we just discuss the fact that they had uh, 14 national TV games this season? I think it was the Blazers, Nuggets, and Jazz had 15 combined amongst the three of them. Like, when is the NBA going to stop forcing Zion down our throats? How many years in a row do the Pelicans have to underachieve and miss the playoffs? It, it ain't just like, there's other teams out Nike there. gave uh, Zion a shoe before Luca. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> that's, All a, right. that's such a niche argument. All right, so I'm going to take – uh, Philly over the Nets in seven. Um, I think if, if any team is going to beat the Nets, it's going to be Philly. Uh, you know, just the defenders they have to throw it, guys. Um, they're, they're pretty deep. Uh, pri- despite what you guys believe, I've, I think that they're actually pretty well coached. Um, and, you know, like I said, Embiid, like I just don't know that, that they have anyone that can check him. Um, and I think that that will be important. I think the fact that Philly has uh, both uh, Thibel and – um, Simmons to, to throw at, at Harden and uh, Durant is going to be pretty key to that series. So um, I have them winning that game. Um, and then I have Utah over LA in seven. Let's bring it home, Jordo. Let's bring it home. We all have the Jazz in the finals. Wow. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, I, I think it's mainly because of what uh, Seleni was saying, but I think like the LA's like biggest advantage coming into the postseason that that they can kind of switch between playing small ball and then throwing uh, just a ton of bigs at, at people mm-hmm. and i don't think their their big man advantage is going to do shit for them in this season yeah. i totally forgot to mention that part of the reason why i think utah is because of anthony davis's refusal to play center if he would play center <laughs> and that would force rudy to kind of stretch out of the paint and have to play out on the perimeter to guard him out there I think that that would give the, I would believe in the Lakers a little bit more, but the fact that they just, they absolutely must throw guys like JaVel McGee and, and Marcus all. Well, I guess Marcus all can stretch a little bit, but like the, and um, what else they got Montrez Harrell. How much does Andre Montrez Drummond. Harrell even play? Not, like, not much. Recently. Not much. Andre yeah, Drummond's exactly. been getting a good bit so, of run. Yeah. So Jordan, I, I think that they're like his refusal to play center is going to be something that like that plus like just the threat of injuries. Cause like the risk is so high for them. Jordan, uh, did you have Philly in the, in the, in the finals? I had the Nets getting by Philly in the Eastern conference finals in six. I, oh man. So if, if my situation plays out, you're just going to be over the moon because then you're going to get Embiid versus <laughs> Does that mean that Embiid is going to duck the whole NBA Finals, Jordan? Gonna go? <laughs> He's going to take an early vacation. <laughs> I love it with his models. All right, uh, Jordan, let's let's finish it off with the NBA Finals prediction. Yeah, as much as I'd like to take the Jazz to go all the way, um, I, I do think they have the potential to, and this is their easily their best chance since uh, you know ninety seven, ninety eight. I, I think the Nets again; they've just got too much uh, star talent. I do have the Nets um, getting that in six. They um have already proven they, they matched up well with Utah. Um, it was in Brooklyn, but they uh, took them to the woodshed. And granted, it was in like the fourth or fifth game of the season. But if I'm not mistaken, that I think they had Kyrie and they were missing um, Durant and Harden in that game. And Kyrie just um, 
just just lit them up. So I, I do think the Nets will just be, um, you know, a bit too much. The Jazz will be able to score. I think there will be a lot of like 135, 130 games there. Um, but I think my biggest worry about the Jazz is they sacrificed maybe a little bit too much on, on the defensive end um, to build this offensive juggernaut that, um, you know, relies quite a bit on three-pointers. And now it just, you know, it really makes what Rudy Gobert did this season all that more impressive because they don't really have many other players that are, you know, league average or better on defense. Like, you know, I guess Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley is decent on defense. Um, his metrics look great, but I mean, he's a fairly small point guard too. So, um, you know, this has been Rudy basically just carrying a, you know, a average cast of characters to being one of the best defenses in the league. Um, but he, he can't guard three guys at once. So um, especially when they're top 10 guys in the league. So unfortunately uh, the, the storybook ending doesn't quite get written this year, but uh, the future is very bright in Salt Lake. Jelani. Yeah. So I, again, I have the NBA's worst nightmare and two small market teams in Utah, Milwaukee in the finals. <laughs> uh, I, I got Utah pulling it out in six or seven, probably six um, because the biggest problem for like Giannis is that in the, playoffs teams pack the paint against him and in this particular series who's going to be waiting in that paint is Rudy Gobert so RIP and I also think that just the Jazz have just so many solid role players like we haven't talked much about Bogdanovich but like he's an easily like a 20 points a game guy like hovering around there and then I I think in a series like this where you're going to have like Milwaukee will have like Middleton um will be guard well he'll uh, he'll guard somebody, but uh, Drew Holiday will probably be on Mitchell. Maybe Middleton gets Bogdanovich, but like, I, I don't know, like somebody's got to, and then Conley can go off. So I don't know how they're going to kind of mix and match that, but the Jazz are going to have like one of their solid offensive guys that's going to have uh, a, a negative matchup that he's going to be able to exploit. So give me Utah in six. There you go, Jordan. One of us got them. <laughs> Real quick, uh, I don't know. I was looking at the Nets roster um, just to see how I felt about um, that prediction. But did you guys know? So let's just listen to their 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 coaching staff. So they got Steve Nash, and then the assistant coaches are just all former players: Jock Vaughn, Mike D'Antoni, Ime Adoka, uh, Tiago Splitter, Royale Ivy, Amari Stoudemire is apparently a player development assistant. I just love the fact that they have that many uh, player coaches on staff. Uh, anyways, you so might I know another former player that uh, was the first guy Steve Nash reached out to about being an assistant. Who's that? It was Dirk. Dirk told him, no, Mavs till I die. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take – I'm going to be short here. I'm going to take Philly in six. Um, I just think that they have they have too many uh, de- defensive weapons to throw at people. I think Embiid uh, can get it done. And if Gobert gets in foul trouble, the Utah's defense, it won't fall apart, but it's definitely not – going to be anywhere near the level that needs to be and we all know that uh Embiid is going to get you know his, his calls for sure you don't right. believe in Derek favors well no i do not all right <laughs> so we're going to move on to uh the second question uh the most intriguing playoff matchup let's go with uh, jordan on this one yeah all right we got to hit this quick um i got the nuggets and blazers that was the one i struggled with the most to come up with um a result i'm still torn there um both teams have proven that they excel in the playoffs. Um, I think they're well-coached. Terry Stotts potentially coaching for his job. Um, you've got the hot streak with Damian Lillard. Um, McCollum has kind of had a resurgence, you know, now that he's gotten healthy after missing a good chunk of the season. And Norm Powell's fit in pretty seamlessly there as well. So they're able to kind of go small with those three um, kind of manning, you know, the one through three positions on the court. 
Um, and yeah, they, they just keep winning. Um, they, they crushed Denver in the last game of the season. I, I know it wasn't a game that, you know, necessarily Denver was trying to win for much of the game, but you know, I still think there's a little bit of a, you know, a psychological advantage there going into that series, um, you know, that they beat them pretty badly to, to close out the season. Um, I do have a little bit of worry in, in that Portland. Um, their differential, um, if you look at, I think it's their net rating when you compare it um, basically versus teams that were a 35 win or less um, pace, and this is on an 82-game pace, so, you know, a little below 500. Um, and then you look at, at versus teams that, you know, were on a pace of like 50 games, one or more out of 82. Um, th- there were just drastic differences there. And Portland was not a very good team that, you know, really played up to its competition. But this is a really um, damaged Denver team right now. Um, you know, obviously Jamal Murray's out. Um, I think there's going to be some uncertainty with the rest of the backcourt. There's some nagging injuries with Monty Morris and, PJ Dozier. Um, I don't know that Facundo Campazzo, um, although he's given the jazz some fits when I've seen him play this year, I don't know how many fits he's going to be given Damian freaking Lillard. So um, I, I think he might average 40 a game in that series. if He's not careful. Um, I, I guess I'm not as, as worried about, um, you know, Jokic um, and that matchup um, just abusing the Blazers. I mean, Jokic has abused everybody this year. Um, it hasn't really mattered who they put on him. Um, I am a little concerned about Nurkic's uh, propensity for foul trouble because that could mean some Ennis Cantor minutes. Um, and that would be, uh, be very dangerous, but um, I, I don't know that the nuggets have um, what they need in the backcourt. Um, they were relying on Austin rivers for quite a, a chunk of offense down the stretch in some serious minutes. And if I'm not mistaken, he's ineligible for the playoff roster because he was signed so late. So they were literally just signing warm bodies. I mean, Shaq Harrison, who the jazz cut, he, he was getting run as well. Um, I, I just don't know that the Nuggets are going to be able to string together enough alongside Jokic and Porter. And uh, Aaron Gordon's a nice piece, but I don't see the offensive ceiling for him. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very intriguing series because both teams, again, have proven that they can step up in the playoffs. Two years ago, the Blazers upset the Nuggets um, in that Western Conference semifinal, um, the classic that went, I think it was went to seven games um, where CJ went off. Um, and I mean, last year, the Nuggets had all the, you know, the three, one rallies um, to beat the jazz and the, uh, and the, and the uh, Clippers. So you're looking at the last two Western conference uh, runners up, I guess, um, when you look at this matchup. So they, they've definitely got a lot to play for and, and they have the history. Um, so I think it'll be a very, very good series. Um, Vegas tends to agree with me. It's, it's pretty much close to even odds on picking either team to win. So let me. Just want to really quick throw out for Jordan that like, like you mentioned, and I mentioned earlier about the Nurkic uh, foul trouble issues. If he does and uh, Portland decides to heed the words of Billy Donovan and remember that you can't play Cantor, the other big man options for Portland are Harry Giles and TJ Leaf. Woof. <laughs> so my big matchup the, my, that I'm really most intrigued in here is the Bucks heat, mainly just because the Bucks gave up the farm to get Drew Holiday. Like their next, like their first round picks for God knows how long. Like feels like it's going to be seven years. But they gave up all of that so that they could get Drew Holiday. And man, if you lose in that first round, that's going to be a bad look. And there are like there's going to be a nuke that goes off in, in Milwaukee. Like they're they're going to have to like do some major turnover in that roster this offseason if that happens. So I'm really fascinated with what with what happens there. Cool. 
cool. You all set? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So um, mine is, you know, we were, we were talking about uh, the, the Mavericks and the Clippers uh, earlier. Um, I, it, it's just interesting because they both have just great role players, you know, with, with uh, Dallas, you got uh, THJ uh, shooting pretty well this year, uh, getting to the basket. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith has stepped up his game a bit. I think Josh Richardson is going to be really key for their playoff run in addition to, to Porzingis. I mean, they, they, it's kind of, you know, they need to get what they paid for uh, eventually out of Porzingis. I mean, they, they paid a pretty hefty tax um, and he has, you know, produced with, with mixed results. He's been, you know, hurt every other game for the most part in his contract. Do we have any uh, thing on Maxi Kleber? He's still day to day. Kleber. Yeah. He's man. It's going to be big for him because he's their primary quiet defender and he did a good job against them last year. Yeah. But I mean, we, we still like, I mean, the Mavs uh, community, we do, we are not sure. Well, I, I think he'll be out there, but like how effective he'll be. And like, also don't forget, like he's like shoots like 45, somewhere between 45, 48% on three as well. Yeah. So he, he's a, and he's our best defensive player. So yep. he's going to be huge. So, yep. and, and we really, right now we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think just even off the bench, you know, they got Trey Burke, you know, Jalen Brunson, Josh Richardson, um, Nicole Melli, uh, Maxi Kleba, um, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein provides some minutes. Um, and then if you get really deep into it, you know, you got Boban. Um, I just think Luca is going to take the next step forward. Um, I think the Clippers are, are going to throw a lot of bodies at him. But, I mean, if they, they get down to the point where they're throwing Patrick Beverly at him, I mean, I feel like they, they should be – it's going to be rough for them. Um, I just look at the Clippers and just their point guard depth. It's like you look at Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson, and Rajon Rondo. I mean, you might have, you know, if you add all three of them together, you you have one good player. Um, I mean, Rondo's really going to have to play out of his mind uh, to to really produce more there. Um, and then you you know Terrence Mann, you know Luke Kennard, um, you know Nicholas Batum has has had a resurgence of sorts, but Serge Ibaka, I mean. It's decent uh, backup players, but I just think there's more depth with Dallas and, and they just bring a ton of firepower. So I don't know, I just trust them to get it done in the seven game series. So let's move on to the next question, which is uh, biggest X factor. So go ahead, Jordan. Biggest X factor. All right. I got to pull up my notes here quick. I have for the first round, um, Knicks Hawks um, four or five matchup. That's one that I, I did struggle with. Um, and Julius Randle and Clint Capella, um, two of the best players on, on each team. Capella, you know, great defensive season, uh, led the NBA in rebounds. Um, I think he had more rebounds than uh, Rudy, despite playing like eight or nine games less than him due to injury. So um, pretty commanding rebounding crown. But Julius Randle just lit up the Hawks this year. I think he averaged something like 39 or 40 points a game in their three matchups this season. Um, so if you're able to cut off um, the head of the snake for um, for the Knicks is, is Julius Randle. Um, so they need to find a way to um, neutralize him and just force other guys to, uh, to to win the game and to score for them. Because aside from R.J. Barrett, who's taken a step this season and, you know, Alec Burks might go on a heater or two. I, I'm, I'm not sure where else the Knicks are, are going to be getting enough offense. So um, forcing that out of Julius Randle's hands and um, – forcing other people to beat you, I think is the way to go there. A um, couple, well, I got one other one. Um, I got to talk about the jazz a little bit. Um, I've mentioned a bunch that Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell been out for much of the last month. Um, I'm going to read you off um, our friend Bojan Bogdanovic's stat line. 
I've just got it for the last 10 games. I think it's been about the last 16 games, um, though, since um, Donovan first went out. And keep in mind, this is uh, the Bojan Bogdanovic that did not play in the playoffs against the Nuggets last season. So in the last 10 games, he is shooting 52% field goals, 45% from three, 90% from the line, 25 points a game, four and a half rebounds, two assists, and almost a steal per game. Um, this may be a blessing in disguise uh, for the Jazz. I, you know, it'll throw out uh, off Donovan's rhythm, you know, sitting, missing the last month of the season with the ankle injury. Um, but honestly, um, it was just kind of a dirty little secret that Bojan Bogdanovic had been struggling this season. In fact, this is the first season that he's been in the NBA where his scoring average did not increase from the previous season. Um, he still averaged 17 points a game, but I think he was up in the 18s last year. Um, and he just was really streaky with a shot. Um, he, he'd had that wrist surgery last season that had him out. And you could just always see him kind of tinkering with his wrist. And, you know, he'd take a hard fall and you'd just always grimace and hope for the best. Um, but he's really turned it on. Um, he's, he's had to be the primary offensive option for the Jazz. Um, and if he can maintain that while you get Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell back on the floor, um, that's, that's a pretty terrifying offensive uh, juggernaut to have to deal with. Cool. Uh, Selene? So I'm going to go back home for my biggest X factor. It's this dude, Porzingis. Who are we going to get? Who's showing up? Is it going to be the Przingis that was uh, in last year's all bubble team where he averaged uh, 30 and a half points, 10 rebounds and two blocks a game? Or is it going to be the guy that goes down in the middle of game two or three and then that's just it and he's gone for the rest of the series? We, I, I wish I could tell you. I have no idea. But if, if he's like healthy and dialed in like he was in last year's bubble, like that's right. Why I put the asterisks on that Mavs uh, Clippers series earlier when I gave my prediction, because my gut is telling me this man going to get hurt again at some point, he's either going to get hurt or underwhelm or do his little diva thing where he starts chucking up stupid deep threes because the last possession, he didn't get the ball where he wanted, which he tends to do. Um, but, but if he's actually dialed in, plays within the system, and like picks his spot uh, spots, and actually it takes advantage of his post up opportunities, um, and Tim Hardaway Jr. continues this flamethrower streak that he's been on, of averaging like like I think like twenty two points a game like over the past month, I, I think that we can pull the upset. But it's going to really come down to what version of Porzingis we get because if we get the um, street clothes version. <laughs> It's going to be, I, I think, then it's it could go down to clips and six. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But we need some Luka magic if he don't show up. For sure, for sure. So mine is just really the whoever is guarding uh, Jokic in that first-round series with the Blazers. Um, you know, they got a couple bodies they, they can throw at him. I think it's going to be Robert Covington. Um, I think it's it's going to take a ton out of him to have to guard Jokic on one side and then have the legs to, to shoot threes. You know, he's up to five uh, attempts per game from beyond the three-point line. Um, I think it's, you know, Norman Powell's got to really prove that that trade was worth it because right now um, I, I feel like they they might want that one back uh, with Gary Trent Jr., just the, the offensive level that he was playing at. Just having that option in the playoffs to, to, to play off of Dame and CJ or make up for what they produced on an off night. Um, that's going to be key because, I mean, the the other guys that they have, I mean, Rodney Hood, 
I mean, <laughs> Ennis Cantor, Nurkic. Um, I mean, I don't know how much I would trust any of them to guard Jokic, and I think that's really going to be the key to the series because if they they can bump him out of the paint and really make life difficult for him and, and turn him into more of a passer than a scorer, um, I think they'd be much better off because uh, I, I would – I mean, Denver wants Jokic to score a lot more than the ancillary pieces just because he's so much more dependable uh, in that sense. So let's move to the the uh, the, the higher seed most likely to uh, to lose a playoff series. Uh, go ahead, Jordan. Uh, just going off what you said last quickly, I'm not sure I agree with that. With I think Jokic is so dangerous with the ball in his hands and distributing um, to some of the other guys. Um, but, yeah, that's just – um, my two cents and what I've seen with how he's uh, played primarily in, in games against the jazz this season. Um, but yeah, I mean, regardless, he's, you know, dangerous and a, a clear cut MVP candidate, um, you know, regardless of how you want to slice it, whether he's uh, passing the ball or, uh, or um, shooting it. So I'm just saying um, I, would, I would much more uh, see the other guys step up as opposed to just giving him a one-on-one, you know, match up in the post and, and crossing your fingers for a stop there, you know? Yeah. And he, he did shoot like a, just an extremely um, non-repeatable uh, high amount uh, from three point range. He was like 50% or something last year in the playoffs, which he's like 33% in the regular season, something like that. So um, yeah, a lot of outlier performances last season, but um yeah, I, I kind of struggled with this in terms of the team most likely, you know, higher seed that gets upset. Because, um, I mean, the easy one, if the Lakers get by, um, I mean, they're going to be favored over the Phoenix Suns. It's a 7-2 matchup, but this is no ordinary seven seed. Um, so, I mean, I, we all had the Lakers winning. In fact, we all had the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, so I don't really think we can call that an upset. Um, I mean, I guess if I had to go out and, and look at one, um, I, I think I would look at Miami and, and Milwaukee in the first round. Um, I do think Milwaukee is going to get it done, but um, I, I kind of remember feeling this same way in the playoffs last year when they had the potential second round matchup. And I, I thought, you know, Miami is going to give them a run for their money and they're going to make them work. But in the end, like Giannis will be too much. Um, but uh, Miami was Spolstra um, at, at coaching um, and, and that combination with Jimmy Butler. Um, Jimmy Butler is just a killer. I mean, he can't hit a three pointer to save his life, but he can, he can win playoff games um, and he can just make winning plays. He's, he's just a dog he plays tremendous defense um, is just great at, um, you know, getting rebounds um, and setting up his teammates. Um, and I think, I think that he'd have made some moves as well to kind of bolster, bolster their depth um, and their bench unit. Um, Trevor Ariza, um, I believe was playing, pretty well is shooting very well from three down the stretch, although he's got to be approaching 40 at this point, but um, I mean, he's, he's still getting it done. Um, and on Milwaukee's end, there's just so much pressure there. Um, Budenholzer's job is, you know, basically on the line um, dependent on these playoffs. And uh, there's got to, everyone has to be feeling pressure because um, Giannis decided to come back. And if, you know, if they don't deliver the goods, eventually, he's going to be gone. Um, you know, this is the best chance, you know, you're really going to have as a small market team. Um, and Milwaukee didn't really look like themselves this year. So the, the argument for Milwaukee is that they were experimenting, trying different lineups to try in different ways to attack things and that they viewed the regular season kind of just as an experiment for the playoffs. Um, so, you know, maybe they'll get it, get it right and turn on this other gear. But um, one thing I can say with certainty is you are not going to, 
you know, eliminate Milwaukee from, or Milwaukee, Miami from the playoffs easily. Um, <laughs> they're not going to go gently into the night. So um, Miami over Milwaukee is very much in play for me. Lenny. Yeah. I mean, so what I'm about to say is going to totally like contradict uh, some of my picks earlier, but I think that it just kind of shows you how unpredictable that this year's playoffs are going to be. Once you get past round one, I think other than you being able to kind of pencil in Philly, at least to the Eastern conference finals with their kind of cakewalk that they have in front of them after that, like once you get to the second round on, man, it's going to be really unpredictable because I think that the two teams that I picked to go to the finals are actually also the two teams who I think have a decent shot at choking away a playoff series. Uh, that being like, like Jordan just outlined, the Bucks could lose one to the Heat. I mean, an easy one to see because they just lost to him last year. Um, and then the other one, sorry, Jordo, but honestly, if like I outlined earlier, if we get bubble Perzingis, I think that not only the Mavericks beat the Clippers, but I think they beat the Jazz in the second round. So I could see the Jazz choking that one away too. So, I mean, and yeah, like the, the low hanging fruit was the Suns, but I don't think that that's really like an upset because like we said, the Lakers are going to be favored. So uh, those, the Jazz and Bucks, man, like, I mean, they could go really far, but also they, they could be gone in like rounds one or two. Here we go. And my, my pick, I mean, I'm, I'm really, really hammering the Clippers on this pod, but I mean, let's go prove, prove differently. Um, I mean, I <laughs> we've seen what Paul George does in the clutch. Uh, I forget whose joke it is. It's one of you two. I think it's Saletti's that, you know, the last game winner he hit was in that commercial. Um, I mean, eventually he just has to back up that talk. And you've, you've just seen Kawhi get frustrated at times with just, you know, the the lack of a basketball IQ by some of uh, the his his teammates, you know, when the, when the going gets rough and, think the combination of Luca and I think Josh Richardson is going to play up to his potential in this series. I think he's going to be big for them. And like I said, Porzingis, I, I think should um, be able to feast is a strong word. Um, but I wonder who's going to really guard him. Uh, Marcus Morris, I'm guessing either, either him or Marcus, um, Marcus Morris or, or Zubac. Um, and then you got Batum and Ibaka off the bench. I mean, I think he's going to feast on Batum if that matchup ends up happening. And at this point, I, I don't really know how much I trust uh, Serge Ibaka to, to, to shut someone like him down uh, just because he's just so much bigger, so much taller. Um, let's work on uh, the, the young breakout player uh, in this year's playoffs. Who you got, Jordan? Uh, I got to throw something out quick on the Clippers. They've got something coming to them after they – pulled off the most blatant tank job ever to avoid the Lakers or get the jazz or Harvard. Like they lost to the Rockets and the thunder in the last two games of the season. I don't care if Ty Lue says he doesn't care what other people have to think about that. Like <laughs> you may not care what other people think, but you know, if there's a God, if there's karma, it's coming for you. <laughs> it ain't going to be pretty. Um, but my young breakout player in this year's playoffs, Michael Porter jr. Um, again, I struggled with that blazers nugget series. I could, I could see the Nuggets making a run to the Western Conference Finals, even Sands Murray. Um, they were lethal once they got Aaron Gordon. Um, their their net rating overall um, was tremendous. Uh, Aaron Gordon helped shore up their defense. Um, offensively, they were just blitzing teams. Um, Jokic has, again, just been having a historic season. Um and kind of lost a little bit in the shuffle down the stretch um, is Michael Porter's close to the season. He um, overall for the season averaged like 19 points and seven boards um, was 45% from three, but 
um, in, in the last month, month and a half since uh, Jamal Murray's been out, he's he's really stepped it up. He's close to the mid twenties in points, and and he can just score in a in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, generally, he's um, lethal from behind the three point line, and he's he's able to s- slash to the rim. But um, I, I've seen him hit a lot of shots in the mid range as well. Um, you know, he doesn't do a ton off the dribble besides getting to the rim. It's, you know, it's really, he's looking for a shot. He's not necessarily creating for other people, but when you look at his growth from last season, like they couldn't play him for more than like three or four minutes at a time against the jazz because the jazz in the first round, were just hunting him just mercilessly on switches. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's turned into, you know, Robert Covington on the defensive end or anything like that, but he's, he's definitely stepped up. And I think the, um, the presence of Aaron Gordon is helping out tremendously with that as well, kind of covering up some of his sins. Um, either way, the Nuggets, you know, they've been rolling down the stretch. Um, and, and a big part of that is Michael Porter Jr. And he just brings, again, an offensive skill set um, that you, you don't often see in, in a player of that uh, build. So I, I think he's going to have a, a big series and, and, Again, I've got the Blazers sneaking by in the first round, but um, it's it's certainly a realistic possibility for me that they make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, and it's just as much because of Porter as it is Jokic. So, Lenny? So, I mean, mine isn't a young player, and, like, hardcore NBA fans, like, already know plenty about him, but I think that this will be a little bit of a – it'll seem like a breakout for more casual fans. I think it's going to be Seth Curry. Uh, because when I look at like in round one where Philly's going to play like either um, Washington or Indiana and then in round two where they're going to face either the Knicks and Hawks like so through the first like two rounds Philly is going to be playing teams that just have absolutely nobody to match up with Embiid and I think that what um, Doc Rivers is going to do is he's going to put Seth like in the corner that's kind of like off of wherever Embiid is either posting up or like whatever elbow that he's going to put him up on usually that left one. And I think so that whenever they double and they double off of Curry, he's going to be able to kick open a Curry for like a wide open three. So I think he's going to put, put up some pretty high uh, point totals in those games. So I think it's going to seem like a little bit of a breakout when it's, even though it's really just kind of Curry doing what he does. Um, but I think it's going to seem like a breakout. Um, I would love to be able to say, like, I see Michael Bridges breaking out because of his like, 44% on shooting threes and his like unbelievable defense being able to guard wings and guards. But I just don't see Phoenix lasting long enough for it to really like for it to really be that impactful. And then um, just kind of finally like Bogdan Bogdanovich, if he matches Trey young and scoring in their like kind of series, just I'm not exactly going to be shocked. Got you. Got you. So mine, I'm looking at at the numbers, and and I was going to say Precious Achua. Um, I just think he's right now he's going to be too buried at the end of their bench uh, right right now to get a ton of playing time. Um, but just you know, wing defender uh, that that I think matches up pretty decently well with Giannis. I mean, Giannis is obviously a lot longer, a lot taller. Um, Achua is still you know six foot eight, two twenty five. Um, you know, weighs about 10, 10 pounds less than Giannis. You know, three inches shorter. Uh, just high motor and just an, an aggressive level of defensive play. Um, but I think I'm going to say Goran Dragic. Um, I think we saw what happened to to their offense down the stretch. Uh, you know, the famous picture of of Jimmy just being absolutely gassed uh, <laughs> during during the NBA finals uh, just because uh, Dragic went down. 
Um, I think he's going to be very key to their offense and just the way that it flows. Um, and, and he's going to provide some consistency that's really, really needed. Uh, played pretty well down the stretch, had a, had a streak of, you know, 17, 15, 17 point games, you know, 23. Um, and, you know, nursing, you know, coming back from an injury uh, that, that, you know, he only played 50 games this year. But his shooting, the way that he spaces the floor, play the way that he can play either guard position um the 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 amount of uh, shot creation that that he creates just uh opening up the floor and creating open looks for you know their wing shooters um i think that that he's going to be uh pretty important so um who we got for a young breakout player in this year's playoffs go ahead jordan i think we just take right. young breakout player right yeah, you mean sorry like the playoff here my, my fault unlikely playoff hero um I got to go with my man, uh, pandemic playoff, Paul George. Oh my God. No, <laughs> you're doing it. I guess I this, 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 this man finally has to do something. I mean, you said an unlikely playoff here. When was the last time he did anything <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs? <laughs> well, well played, well sir. Done. Well played. Well done. I mean, Joe Ingles just picked his son up from daycare last night. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, pa Paul George. Um, Again, if, if you're anything like a top 10, top 20 player, um, you've got to do something in the playoffs. Um, it's it's low-hanging <laughs> low fruit to pick, but um, I like him to hit a game winner. Um, you know, he's, he's played really oh, well this season. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I like Paul George to play well for the Clippers. I do have them getting by the Mavericks. And, and again, like um, Soleni Ooh. said, um, the, the Jazz matchup in the second round, if that's what happens – um, that's certainly not a matchup that they're, you know, they're not necessarily afraid of. I think the Clippers proved one thing in the last weekend and that they're just afraid of LeBron. I don't know that they're afraid of anyone else in the league besides maybe the Nets. Um, so I, I think with Kawhi and Paul George, again, if they, they put everything together, um, they're going to be very dangerous. And, um, Paul's putting up numbers. Um, he was still getting his standard rest throughout the season that superstars get nowadays, but, um, Give me him for a couple of game winners and his first uh, first uh, good playoff performance. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. Well, go ahead, Solani. So, I mean, earlier, like we we mentioned, uh, or I, well, I mentioned uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maxi Kleba, like as potential guys, depending on how things go. But the big one that I'm really looking at here, like way off the grid, is actually Nick Claxton for the Brooklyn Nets, mm. because if they can, if finally convinced Steve Nash to bench Blake Griffin and play Nick Claxton over him. I mean, like the defensive like numbers are like differential is insane. When Nick Claxton is off the floor, the Nets give up 115 points per possession. Goodness gracious. That's a lot from those not uh, uh, too familiar with the stat. That is a ton. Um, meanwhile, when he's on the floor, they give uh, their points per possession allowed. It's 104.3, which is pretty. Is that per hundred possessions? Uh, yeah. That's, that's got to be per hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that, that is a like, like a 11 point difference. That is a massive difference uh, like per 100. So like, like you don't really see swings like that, like too often. So I think that at some point, Blake Griffin is just going to force Steve Nash's hand and he's going to have to play Claxton over him. And he's going to help them come up with a couple of stops, a couple of big rebounds uh, that, that are going to like swing, like maybe one of these, uh, one of these series. Cool. 
All right, Selena, you ready for mine? Yeah, you've been teasing this for like a week. Let's hear it. What do you got? Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne. Um, oh, get out of here, campaign. Is this the campaign campaign? Get out of here. Campaign hey, for campaign. Get, I don't. Listen, man, uh, down the stretch, he played pretty well for the Suns. Obviously, you know, uh, they, they weren't necessarily packing it in, but – Know, taking Chris Paul off the floor a little bit more, uh, performed pretty well, had over 19 points in three out of their last five, uh, highlighted by a really good game against the Lakers. Uh, 24 points, uh, nine to 10 from the floor, uh, four or five from three, uh, had a rebound and, uh, you know, just moved the ball pretty well offensively. Uh, he's just an energy guy, uh, can get to the bucket, uh, get to the, uh, the lane and score uh, as a great uh, floater. Um, I think they're really going to need the, the ancillary pieces around uh, Chris Paul to, to do something for, for them to have a shot against the Lakers. And, you know, if they end up doing something against the Lakers, I think he's going to he's going to outperform, uh, you know, the expectations. And, you know, the expectations are, are not super high. You know, he's he's only averaging, you know, eight points and, and two rebounds and four assists a game. Um, so that is my unlikely playoff hero. Um so any any closing shots before we wrap up this uh, playoff prediction uh, pod? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, first off, uh, we're all on the Lakers, but they are losing by six to the Warriors at the end of the first quarter. I'm uh, just going to throw that out there. And then um, I know this is uh, off the cuff, but I've got a couple answers. Maybe you guys can throw a couple at me. Um, give me a guy who is either going to just randomly win a team a game, just go on a heater, or just lose a team a game because of their irrational confidence. Um, I like Jordan Clarkson to win the Jazz a game, um, potentially lose him a game as well. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's just the uh, definition of a uh, flame on, um, and he's right up there with Ingles for sixth man of the year. You mean um, a player that can go either direction? Yeah, it can go either. Or I mean, you can pick which one you want. Um, I could see Clarkson doing either. I think he'll win them a game. Um, mm-hmm. I do worry about him. Um, potentially in a Lakers series, they played the Lakers at one point this year and, uh, Clarkson had a rather demonstrative celebration in front of LeBron James that I don't think LeBron is going to forget. So I'm, I'm a little worried about that. Um, I also think Reggie Jackson will win the, uh, Flippers a game. Hmm. That's, yep. a, that's definitely a hot take. He um, hasn't been playing well this year ever since yep. Luca eyed him. My, my, uh, my pick for that would probably be Derek Rose. Um, I was going to mention him for the unlikely playoff hero. I think he's going to hit a game winner um, against the Hawks. I, I think he's really going to bully uh, Trey getting to the basket. Um, he's not going to have any time, you know, any trouble really scoring around him. I kind of wonder <laughs> what it's going to be like at the other end. I'm sure Trey is really going to give him the business too, uh, but that would, that would be my pick. I think he's going to win a game or two for the Knicks. Yeah, I think that I could see um, both Dante DiVincenzo for the Bucks potentially like get, getting hot in a game and winning them one. But then I could also see Tyler Hero uh, do that for the, the Heat. Yeah, I call him Hero. If he wants me to call him Hero, either A needs to act like a hero or B spell his name that way. And then also uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., like I mentioned, he's just been a flamethrower lately. And if he... He's been getting around like like twenty like over twenty points a game for the past like month month and a half, but it, he could go off for like thirty. He's even gone off for like forty a couple times like this year. So, man, if he, if he just has one of those crazy games where they're just playing off him a little bit too much because they're worried about Luca or Porzingis, like he, he could go crazy. Hmm. I like it. 
All right, gentlemen, appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to to watching the playoffs and, and lighting up the group chat with some great memes and uh, and, and Twitter moments as Big well. Shout out to the East Coast. If you see a tidal wave, don't worry, it's not a tsunami. It's just Jordan's sweat as he sees uh, Golden State continue to lead. <laughs> hey, I'm man, scared. we would all be happy with Steph, Steph taking them out earlier. It would make for such a more interesting playoff. Uh, and then the Grizzlies take them out. If the Lakers Friday. beat the Grizzlies, then that would make the Lakers the eight seed and play Jordan's Jazz in the first round. That's why you would see the tidal wave of sweat. <laughs> nah, Grizzlies will get it done Friday if it comes to it. There you go. All right, gentlemen, take care. All right.